come forward and read um, two readings, Genesis chapter 18, verse 16 to 33, and also Genesis chapter 19, the verses 12 to 28. Genesis chapter 18, 16 to 33. Then the men set out from there, and they looked down towards Sodom. And Abraham went with them to set them on their way. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do, seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him? For I have chosen him, that he may, be, may command his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice, so that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has promised. Then the Lord said, Because the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and their sin is very grave, I will go down to see whether they have done together according to the outcry that has come to me. And if not, I will know. So the men turned from there and went towards Sodom. But Abraham still stood before the Lord. Then Abraham drew near and said, Will you indeed sweep away the righteous with the wicked? Suppose there are fifty righteous within the city. Will you then sweep away the place and not spare it for the fifty righteous who are in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing, to put the righteous to death, with the wicked, so that the righteous fear is the wicked. Far be it that from you shall not the judge of all the earth do what is just. And the Lord said, If I find at Sodom fifty righteous in the city, I will spare the whole place for their sake. And Abram answered and said, Behold, I have undertaken to speak to the Lord, I who am but dust and ashes, Suppose five of the fifty righteous are lacking. Will you destroy the whole city for the lack of five? And he said, I will not destroy it if I find forty-five there. Again he spoke to him and said, Suppose forty are found there. He answered, For the sake of forty I will not do it. And he said, Oh, let not the Lord be angry and I will speak. Suppose thirty are found there. And he answered, I will not do it if I find thirty there. And he said, Behold, I have undertaken to speak to the Lord. Suppose twenty are found there. And he answered, For the sake of twenty I will not destroy it. Then he said, O oh, let the Lord, not the Lord be angry. I will speak again, but this once. Suppose ten are found there. And he answered, For the sake of ten I will not destroy it. And the Lord went his way when he had finished speaking to Abraham, and Abraham returned to his place. Our next reading is Genesis 19, 12 to 28. Then the men said to Lot, Have you anyone else here, sons-in-laws, sons, daughters, or anyone you have in the city? Bring them out of the place, for we are about to destroy this place. 
because the outcry against its people has become great before the Lord, and the Lord has sent us to destroy it. So Lot went out and said to his sons-in-law, who were married to his daughters, Get up out of this place, for the Lord is about to destroy the city. But he seemed to his sons-in-law to be jesting. As morning dawned, the angels urged Lot, saying, Up, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, lest you be swept away in the punishment of the city. But he lingered. So the men seized him and his wife and his two daughters by the hand, and the Lord being merciful to him, and they brought him out and set him outside the city. And as they brought him out, one said, Escape for your life. Do not look back or stop anywhere in the valley. Escape to the hills, lest you be swept away. And Lot said to them, O oh, now, my lords, behold, your servant has found favour in your sight, and you have shown me great kindness in saving my life. But I cannot escape to the hills, lest the disaster overtake me and I die. Behold, this city is near enough to flee to, and it is a little one. Let me escape there. Is it not a little one? And my life will be saved. He said to him, Behold, I grant you this favour also. I will not overthrow the city of which you have spoken. Escape there quickly, for I can do nothing till you arrive there. Therefore the name of the city was called Zor. The sun has risen on the earth when Lot came to Zor. Then the Lord rained on Sodom and Gomorrah, sulphur and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew those cities and all the valley and all the inhabitants of the cities and what grew on the ground. But Lot's wife behind him looked back and she became a pillar of salt. And Abraham went early in the morning to the place where he had stood before the Lord and he looked down toward Sodom and Gomorrah and toward the land of the valley and he looked and behold, the smoke of the land went up like the smoke of a furnace. So far the reading. We have um, one more Bible reading, if you turn with me to Luke chapter 17, and we'll read from the verses 28 to 37. Luke chapter 17, 28 to 37, and the text is verse 32. Where it says, Likewise, just as it was in the days of Lot, they were eating and drinking, buying and selling, planting and building. But on that day when Lot went out from Sodom, fire and sulphur rained down from heaven and destroyed them all. So it will be on the day when the Son of Man is revealed. On that day let the one who is on the housetop with his goods in the house not come down to take them away, and likewise let the one who is in the field not turn back. Remember Lot's wife, whoever seeks to preserve his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life will keep it. I tell you, in that night there will be two in one bed. One will be taken and the other left. There will be two women grinding together. One will be taken and the other left. And they said to him, Where, Lord? And he said to them, Where the corpse is, there the vultures will gather. So the text is uh, verse 32. Remember Lot's wife. It's 
So the sermon that I'm privileged to read to you this morning is entitled exactly that, Remember Lot's Wife. We know how it all had begun. Abraham and his nephew Lot had decided to part ways. So one day they stood at Bethel and Abraham offered Lot the first choice between the green fertile plains of the Jordan River and the barren country round Mirad. Lot chose the valley of the Jordan River and we know how eventually he settled in Sodom, one of the cities of the plains. While Lot was living there, the angel of the Lord visited Abraham to tell him that the Lord had decided to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah on account of their wickedness. Now in Genesis chapter 18 we read how Abraham had pleaded with the angel to save the cities And in the end, Abraham had received the assurance that if only as few as ten righteous people would be found in Sodom, God would spare the city. However, it appeared that not even ten of Sodom's people were righteous. And in chapter 19, we read that the Lord was going to proceed with the destruction of the cities. But before he did this, he came to save Lot and his family. Arise, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, lest you be consumed in the punishment of the city. But we read, he, Lot, he lingered, he hesitated. In spite of the warning, Lot finds it difficult to leave. No, Lot is not unknown to us. We have not got much sympathy for him. First of all, we we feel he should have left the first choice to Abraham, rather than use it to his own advantage. In the second place, Lot must have known about the wickedness of the cities and the plains of the Jordan River, and that with his choice he was in fact setting his foot in their direction. Yes, we are inclined to be like that. We have no difficulties telling where others have gone wrong, and what they should have done instead. But, all the same, what would we ourselves have done if we had stood at Bethel and had been offered the first choice? And this is a very realistic question. What would we have done? Maybe we should not condone or condemn Lot too soon. True, we are Christian people. We know what a Christian should do and should not do in this world. We say that he should be different from the world in his motivations, his decisions and his attitudes. Well then, we would not have made Lot's choice, would we? In any case, we would have stayed away from Sodom, would we not? Now before we answer these questions, let us be careful. There are so many situations in our lives today which are, in fact, exactly the same as the one in which Lot found himself in Bethel, where he had to make a choice. The choice between the promised land of Canaan, which, on first glance, did not look very promising at all, and the appealing plains of the Jordan River with Sodom and Gomorrah in them. We too often have to make a choice between abiding by God's covenant, promises which on first glance do not seem very attractive and meaningful at all in our world of today. And the plains of Jordan which seem to promise so much in the way of satisfaction and gain. And this is the temptation of today's world, that it offers so tremendously much and that it would declare us 
silly if we would not take advantage of it. And there's always been the many in the church who have given in or are giving in to the manners and the thinking of the world. And oftentimes they are not even aware of it or of the dangers of their attitude. Now in a sense the choice of what seems good to us is not necessarily evil in itself. But what does matter is the answer to the question, why did we make the choice we did? For what reason? With what intentions? For, it was for if it is just the thought of gain or satisfaction, then indeed we are on a dangerous road. If that is the reason of our choice, then before we know it, we will have ended up in Sodom, the place condemned by God. The place of the temptations of the world, of which the preacher Ecclesiastes says that are, they are like, the woman whose heart is snares and nets and whose hands are fetters, he who pleases God escapes her, but the sinner is taken by her. Ecclesiastes 7.26 In the light of the prosperity and satisfaction which the world seems to offer, whether it does or not is a different matter, in the light of that offer, the promises of God and his service indeed do not look attractive. Nevertheless, the choice you make is in the very first place always a choice of our heart. What do we believe is our profit? For it, is still, for it still is so very true what Jesus himself said. What profit does a man have if he shall gain the whole world but lose his soul? Of course we may be very sharp and sometimes we are when it comes to the point of defending our own attitude. And we would say, but Lot did not lose his soul. Did he? And that is true, he did not. We will consider that point in just a moment. Meantime, let us return to Lot at Sodom. And again we are inclined to say he should not have been there. Sodom is not the place for a believer, for a Christian to be. That place of which we read, that's a place that's very grave and sinful. As indeed there are many places that we, as committed Christians, should not be. If we are there all the same, why are we there? Are we there as witness to our Saviour and Lord? Or to deny him there and put his name to shame? It has to be one or the other. But nevertheless, Lot has remained righteous. We know this from 2 Peter 2 verse 7 where it says that God rescued righteous Lot. So we may reasonably assume that Lot has not gone to Sodom with the intention to throw himself into the evil of that city. That it would seem was not the purpose for which he had gone to live in that city. Neither of course do we go into the world with the intention of giving ourselves to the world. But all the same, all the possible consequences are there. Some of these consequences we see in the life of Lot himself. In 2 Peter 2 we read that although Lot had remained righteous, he had done damage to his soul. And living in Sodom and seeing all that it went on, and how real that risk is, before we realise it, we too do damage to our souls and damage to our faith. Before we know it, we make our faith meaningless 
It will lose its meaning as the warning and guide for our spiritual and moral strength and for our comfort. An even more serious warning is in the fact that although Lot had remained righteous, it was God himself who had to get him out of Sodom. His salvation from that place was none of his own merit or effort. For as we note before, when the angels came to tell him to go, he lingered, he hesitated. When it came to the point, he did not want to go. The angels had to seize him and his wife and his two daughters and bring them out. Although he had remained righteous, he would have gone under in the city, but he was saved by grace. Now what does this mean to us? Well it means this, there might be some of us who reason, I could go to Sodom, it's not all that bad to follow the ways of the world a little bit, in our business or in our pleasure, we know what we will do, we won't give up our faith. Of course this sounds very good, but it just is not the reality of the facts all the same. In fact it is a lie to say that you know what you will do, and where you will stand. Once you have had a taste of the world, you won't give up on your own. Your reasoning and your vision has become blurred. And God makes it very clear in his word that few things infuriate him more than the reasoning, I'm saved anyway. He has shown his people time and again that that reasoning does not hold. And we will not find it anywhere in scripture that we may talk or think that way while in the meantime we want to go on living our own lives. In Romans chapter 6 we read that the kind of reasoning is an utter contradiction. How can we who die to sin still live in it? No, says the same chapter, if you give yourself to sin you still are a slave of sin and Satan. You may want to go into the world, no, not even with, sin, with evil or sinful intentions, and you may think that you will remain right. But that is the case only if, after all, Jesus himself comes to pull you out. And you will do well not to forget that. But there is a more serious consequence yet. It is true, Lot remained righteous. He escaped by the grace of the Lord who pulled him out. Lot escaped, but remember Lot's wife. She did not escape. Lot was saved. That was the grace of God. His wife did not. That was Lot's responsibility. Or to continue that parallel, you may escape, be it by the hand of the Lord, but remember your wife, your children, your neighbour, you may believe that you are saved, but what about them? Remember the wife of Lot. In this text we must underline the name of Lot. For she was the wife of him who made the choice for the sake of promise of welfare and gain in the world. No, we don't feel very sorry for Lot's wife. She simply got what she deserved. She had been warned not to look back. Had she not? God had promised Lot his wife and their two daughters a safe journey to Zor. But not until they had reached Zor would God begin the destruction of Sodom. 
But there was the warning to them not to look back. That is to say, to radically and completely and once for all break away from that place of wickedness. No compromise of any kind or else you will share the fate of the world and its final destruction of the world of gain and satisfaction of the world of sin. But Lot's wife, she could not. She could not get away from the place where her husband had brought her, where maybe she had lived now for some many years. Look, and she became a pillar of salt. Lot remained righteous. Lot escaped, be it by a miracle. But remember Lot's wife, she did not escape. True, Lot had remained righteous and was saved. But see what his righteous life had meant to his wife. It is good to be in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is glorious, yes, glorious to be a Christian. That is to say, to know that we belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. To be able to believe and to confess that we have been saved by the hand of the Lord himself. Yes, and to let it be heard that there is salvation and hope in Jesus Christ only. But what precisely now does your confession mean to your wife, your husband, your children, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, your neighbour, the world? There are so many things on first sight do not seem to be wrong in themselves. In a certain sense there was nothing wrong with Lot's choice of the Jordan Plains. Was he not allowed to make the best of his life and of his business? Still the question remains... What kind of a heart is there behind the choices and the decisions you make? Which are the interests that make you make these decisions and whose interests are you thinking of first, your own? You yourself may think that you know what you are doing and know how far you can go. Be it that most of the times you are wrong and there is no reason to assume that Lot may not have had the same thoughts. But what about your wife and your children? You may think that you know where you stand, but that does not help your home, your church and your witness. You may think you know, but all the same, after a while, your children may not see the need of leaving Sodom anymore. Just have a look at Lot again. When, on the warning of the angels, he tells his family to leave Sodom, he is, in a way, too late. We read... He, he seemed to his son-in-laws to be jesting. It was just a joke, a laugh to them. He just has no authority to speak anymore. He's too late. And at the end of chapter 19 of the book of Genesis, we read of the disgusting behaviour of his own daughters. To mention just one example, we may justify our shift work on the Sunday or let your recreation on the Sunday come before the service and worship of God. Well, whatever reasons you think you could give to justify your attitude, you have lost your authority to teach your children the meaning of the fourth commandment and how God wants them and yourself to obey it. Lot teaches us what the consequences are if, in our decisions, our own desires come first. So often of our decisions we ask the question, what's wrong with it? But that question is negative because with it we have already decided on the answer anyway. Still, for the Christian it is the attitude which is behind that question which is not right. 
For the Christian, the proper question is not what is wrong with it, but what is right with it. In which way will my decision, my doing, will my words be the glory to the glory of the name of my God and Saviour? To the well-being of the soul of my children and of my neighbour? To the honour of the name of the church? Will my words and my actions indeed be a witness to my children and to the world? In such a way that they see Jesus Christ himself in me, that he is Lord, the Lord of my life also? And then there is also that discouraging question. How far could we go? Well, be honest. Go in which direction? To your Lord and serving him or away from him? You see, there's no limit either way. For in going along with the world, you will always make the next step. And in every step you have gone too far already. For if it were not for the grace of God to pull you out and back, you yourself will not come back from any steps you make. Yes, by the grace of God you may be saved. But where at this very moment are you or your family, maybe your children living? And where does your neighbour see you live? For as far as your unbelieving neighbour is concerned, he often has a far better and clearer idea of what you, as a Christian, should do or should not do than you yourself. Remember Lot's wife. There are so many little things in our lives which we must have in a hurry. That is a sign of the times to run and to have. But are we also in a hurry to get to Zor? The angel said to Lot, Arise, take your wife and your two daughters, lest you be consumed in the iniquity of the city. Take your two daughters, who were already married or about to be married. We have often say concerning our, 15, our 14 or 15 year old children that you can't tell them anymore what to do. Take your two daughters, not ask them, take them. Escape for your life and theirs. Look not behind. Let your break be radical and complete. Of course we may say, but this is Lot. And they were the days in which Lot lived. Things are so much different now. Well, are they different? Listen to these words of Christ himself. Likewise, as it was in the days of Lot, they ate they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built. But on the day when Lot went out from Sodom, fire and brimstone rained from heaven and destroyed them all. So, in the same manner will it be on the day when the Son of Man is revealed. Remember Lot's wife. Luke 17, 28-32 Therefore, make haste for the sake of your children. For the sake of your neighbour, get away from Sodom. Don't go back. Get to Zor, the place of salvation before the day of judgment comes. Isaiah 55 verse 61 says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. 2 Corinthians 6 verse 2 Behold, now is the acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. You say, but nowadays you can't be that strict anymore. Well then, 
remember Lot's wife. For as it was in Lot's days, so will it be when the Son of Man shall come in his full glory. Amen. Let's pray. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for your Son that you sent into this world to save us. We thank you for your message today, challenging and questioning the kind of heart there is behind the choices and the decisions we make. The importance of seeking you. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Please continue to show us your grace and mercy and lead us on the right path. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In response to the reading and hearing,